Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, everybody. I hope you guys are doing well. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor. And uh, today I want to talk about Tesla. Tesla stock has uh, been shorted extensively by an expert by the name of Michael Burry. Michael Burry became famous because he was able to predict some other crashes that have occurred recently. Uh, and he says that Tesla is uh, is a dud and that Elon Musk should sell as much stock as he can to all the suckers who are overpaying for the stock right now. Uh, but there's a lot to the story that I think uh, will help you understand what's going on. And we're going to break it down on the Black Financial Channel right now. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to say hello to everybody. Um, Blair Colefield and Fred Anderson, I see you. Uh, I want you guys to know that on the Black Financial Channel, where we cover daily financial news and commentary, we always cover things from a black perspective. The a black perspective means that our number one focus, our number one goal is the wealth gap. Uh, solving the racial wealth gap is, is what matters to us more than anything. But really, we want to create a new gap. We want to create a gap where black people are ahead of everybody else. Uh, so that's going to be the gap that we're going to have a generation or two from now. So uh, we want to replace the old gap with the new gap. And that means that you shouldn't just get your check and go run to the gap. It means you might want to take that money and put it toward the gap between you and your potential. So there is a gap. I call it the fulfillment gap. Uh, forget trying to compare yourself to white people. Forget trying to compare yourself to everybody else. I want you to compare yourself to you. I want you to compare yourself to what you could be if you reached your potential. I want you to compare yourself to what you could be if you made consistent investments for your kids. I want you to compare yourself to what you could be if you got your hustle on and learned economics and made that a core value in your family. So I want you to close that gap. Forget closing the racial wealth gap. White people are not the gold standard of economics and investing. I know more about wealth and investing than 99.9% .9 of all white people. So ain't nothing special about nobody else, but there is something special about you. If you agree with that philosophy, if you understand where I'm coming from, put your hashtag B1 in the chat. Also, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the notification bell, hit that notification bell. Even if you subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, because then you'll be notified when we go live. And you know that when we go live, we keep it live. But at the same time, we also make sure you walk away smarter, stronger, more capable than you did before. This is not just celebrity gossip. This is not a channel where you just yap. This is a channel where we're actually gaining and growing and learning. So anyway, uh, I'm going to get started on the story now. All right. So uh, uh, let, let me know. Give me a yes or no in the chat if you can still hear me. I'm switching my screen here because I want to read some of this here. Uh, this story is about Michael Burry. Michael Burry made a big bet against Tesla. Uh, basically, according to MSN, uh, Michael Burry, whose bet against the housing market was made famous by the big short, revealed in a late Tuesday tweet that he's short on Tesla. So Michael Burry, he became famous by predicting the, uh, the, the collapse of the housing bubble. And uh, he also stepped out and said he's shorting Tesla. He thinks Tesla is overvalued. Uh, the hedge fund manager advised CEO Elon Musk to issue more shares while they sit at their ridiculous levels. This is what's, what's being uh, quoted here in MSNBC, MSN about Tesla. That's, quote, that's not dilution. You'd be cementing permanence and untold optionality, he added. Tesla dipped as much as 7.1% on Wednesday before pairing losses and trading roughly 3% lower. Uh, now, now, first thing I'll say is, um, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm honestly not that impressed. I know they made, I guess they made the movie The Big Short uh, after this guy. And I, I get that, right? I mean, it means he's not stupid. But honestly, a lot of people predicted that housing bubble. A lot of people could see that housing 
was getting out of control and that there were some problems. Anybody who analyzed the system, anybody who analyzed this, you're talking about maybe about maybe 13, 14 years ago when the housing market collapsed and that caused Barack Obama to have to take over an economy that was literally in the toilet. Uh, first thing they had to do was pass a $700 billion bailout package. Uh, and of course, they always bail out rich people and investors first. That's why I wanted you to be an investor, because you, you've actually literally got what they call, um, I think they call the, I want to say they call the government put option or something like that, where basically if you, if things go bad, the government bails you out. They don't bail out Main Street, they bail out Wall Street. That's why I want you invested so you can be connected to that. I'm not saying that it's good. I'm not saying that it's right. It's not right. But they bail out wealthy people. They bail out investors. They bail out, you know, some business owners, not everybody, but they bail out the corporations. So if you own shares of stock, then that means that you're going to be bailed out when they get bailed out. And that's what a lot of wealthy people are looking at right now. Investors are waiting for the government to step in. They're like, ooh, do another stimulus package. Send money to, to, the, to these failed businesses and, and, and put more money in consumers' pockets because they know a couple of things that a lot of people don't understand. Number one, that when they bail out the corporations, they're bailing out your stock. I mean, it's sick. It's crazy. It's terrible. It's, a, it's one of the dark sides of capitalism. But I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to tell you how you can necessarily change the rules of the game. I don't know how to get white people to do something other than what they've been doing for the last 1,000 years. I'm just trying to tell you what the rules of the game are and how you can position yourself so your family is good, right? So uh, you know, so, so basically when you talk about these bailouts and all this other stuff, the other thing that, that wealthy people understand is that money trickles up. Money does not trickle down. Money trickles up. What does that mean? That means that when people get money in their pocket – they tend to just go spend. They tend to go buy stuff. And when they buy stuff, who are they buying from? They're buying from the very same companies that you own shares in. If you own shares in Walmart and Walmart makes more money, then you make more money. So there you go. That's what it is. So please go take a look at that. Think, Just think it through. Give me. Get, I hope you know what I'm talking about. All right. So um, here's the deal. So with Tesla, um, this this guy, Michael, uh, what's his name? I, I keep wanting to say Michael Shorter, but I know that's not his name. I keep thinking the word short. Michael Burry. He's saying that Tesla's overvalued. Uh, it says the famed investor Michael Burry has revealed he's short Tesla and advised CEO Elon Musk to issue more shares, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Tesla's rallied more than 575% this year, boosted more recently by the company's coming inclusion, the S&P 500, and fading profitability concerns. Some of Wall Street's more bearish analysts have turned more optimistic toward the stock in favor from waves of retail investors has further supported Tesla's lofty valuation. Not every bear has been converted, though. Burry reiterated his pessimistic outlook for the company in a late Tuesday tweet, adding that Musk should take advantage of the sky high stock price to raise more cash. Um, so he says he's a short Tesla. He says, seriously, issue 25 to 50 percent of your shares at the current ridiculous price. That's not dilution. He continued, you'd be cementing permanence and untold optionality. If there are buyers, sell that and use the hashtag Tesla souffle. So. Uh, basically, uh, this is interesting. He uses the word souffle particularly because Elon Musk mentioned uh, to his employees recently that if they if, if they screw up at all on profitability, if Tesla comes up short in the least in their profitability, that the stock will be crushed like a souffle. I think he said a souffle under a sledgehammer. And I don't think that's an inaccurate statement. I don't think that's inaccurate. Tesla is walking a huge financial tightrope. Tesla is taking advantage of what uh, we in finance, what we financial geeks refer to as as um, massive, massive growth multipliers, right? And, and, and what does that mean? Well, it it, it kind of just means that for Tesla, every little thing they do, every little sign of progress, you know, every little uh, inch that the baby grows, 
makes us uh, extrapolate that inch into a foot. It's like going on a date with somebody. Anybody ever seen somebody who goes on a date and their heart keeps getting broken because they, you know, maybe she goes out and she meets a really nice guy who treats her really well and they have a great first date. And then she starts thinking about what they're going to name their kids and, and uh, what can, where they're going to live. And then she starts saying things like, well, you know, I don't actually have to finish college because Dan's going to medical school. And when he gets out of medical school, the average surgeon makes $350,000 a year. So then I could stay home and I would actually have uh, the, the, the I would get an extra bedroom for the children. We'd have a guest room in the house and, and our wedding's going to be beautiful. Right. Has anybody give me a yes or no if you've ever seen that. Have you ever seen somebody who uh, who literally will go on a great date and will plan out the next 20 years of their life with a person? Right. Give me a yes or no if you understand what I'm talking about. Right. Well, you know, a growth stock like Tesla is kind of like that. People who go on a first date or a second date or a third date and plan out the next 20 years of their life are taking a huge risk. Um, Because what happens is that because you've planned out the next 20 years of your life, because you planned out all this this amazing future you're going to have together, any little thing that they do can crush you instantly. Do you get what I'm saying? Like any little thing. So that means that if she goes on two dates and, and thinks that she's been her future husband and starts planning the names of their kids and, and thinking about what they're going to do for Christmas and everything else starts building a whole life in her head. If it, 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 let's say on the third date, he doesn't show up. She's going to be devastated. She's going to be much sadder than somebody who took a more precautious approach, right? You might say to her, Hey girl, you're a little bit crazy right now. You can't go marrying in your head every nice guy that you meet, right? Well, Tesla's kind of like that. The stock market has married Tesla in its head. The stock market is looking at Tesla, not so much based on what Tesla is. They're valuing Tesla on everything that they believe Tesla can be. And and the scary thing about this, about Tesla and the valuation, is that most of the people who are valuing Tesla based on what they think it should be have no idea how to actually value a company. <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the demand for Tesla stock is driven extensively by what they call retail uninformed investors. And these are a bunch of people that got that downloaded the Robinhood app and started investing 6 months ago and have been riding the the wave of Tesla stock and have made a killing and suddenly feel compelled to buy Tesla at any price that it is offered. Uh, those people, unfortunately, are, if you're not careful, you can be setting yourself up for a disappointment. Now, here's the thing, though. So that, that gives credibility to Michael Burry's case. I think his name is Michael Burry. I, I, I hate to be racist, you know, because, you know, sometimes people just, they all look alike. But uh, Michael Burry. All right. So Michael Burry, who says that Tesla stock is going to crash, he makes a great bear market case. Right. But let me tell you another little secret. And I'll tell you the secret, actually, if you go ahead and hit the thumbs up button, please hit the thumbs up button, share and subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. And uh, sometimes we talk about stock stock options here. And uh, some of you are asking about the stock options masterclass. So if you ever want to go look at the recording of the stock options masterclass, it was really good. It's right in the Black Business School. You can go to stockoptionsmasterclass.com. I like in fact, actually, this is a great example of the use of options, options, uh, put options in particular can protect you from the pending disaster on Tesla stock. I will just tell you this. Um, I invested in Tesla. I reduced my position because I found other opportunities that I like better. But uh, believe me, when it comes to these crazy volatile stocks, these electric, you know, electric car companies and whatever else, um, you know, the, the workhorses and NIOs and all these other stocks people are excited about, 
you got to get your insurance in position. You, you got to go and take a little bit of those profits, drop that in a put option to protect you. And just in case things go bad. So that's no, that's like telling the, the lady who, you know, she meets the man of her dreams. And on the fourth date, she's saying, Oh my God, he's, he's so amazing. We're going to, we're going to get married and we're going to name our kids, Ted and, and, and Jesse and Teresa. Right. And, uh, and all these other things. Right. And then you just say to her, like, Hey, you know, just make sure you're prepared in case things don't work out. Okay. Just, I, I know you're excited, but just remember there's other fish in the sea. It's going to be okay. We don't want you to commit suicide in case this new boyfriend that you met doesn't turn out to be the right guy. Right. So I'm saying that to you, those of you who are in love with Tesla, those of you who are in love with Tesla and believe Tesla can do no wrong. Just prepare yourself because remember Elon Musk could die tomorrow. God forbid. I hope he doesn't die. I love this guy. I really do. I, I, again, I, you gotta love any billionaire that wants to go to Mars. I mean, my, that, that's so awesome. That is such a great, noble ambition. I think the guy is, his team is brilliant. Uh, his execution and delegation capabilities are extraordinary. And, uh, and and if you want your kids to be successful and rich and things like that, like have them study Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. I know that they're not black, but that don't knowledge doesn't have to always come from other from from black people. It can come from other people's cultures They they learn from your culture. They steal from you all the time. <clears throat> well, I think it's OK to be a little bit of a culture vulture when it comes to stealing uh, whatever it is that Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos might be carrying that allowed them to build these companies. But at the same time, we have black versions of these uh, individuals in our community, too. We just got to support them. So when your son or daughter comes up and says, I want to be a computer programmer or whatever, don't just tell them to go get a job. Tell them to actually look into starting a business, too. Do you get it? Give me a yes or no if you follow what I'm saying. All right, hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. Let me finish telling you the other side of the Elon Musk situation. So Michael Burry says that Tesla is going to crash. He says that he's been he's been shorting Tesla. Um, I You know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up crying in his beer like all the other people that have been um, that have been shorting Tesla. I mean, everybody's shorting Tesla or a ton of people are fewer people than before though you know it's like uh, when muhammad ali first started elon musk is a little bit of the white muhammad ali because when muhammad ali first came out as a boxer everybody was short and ali they said oh well with well, this loud mouth uh, louisville lip this big mouth kid from louisville gets in the ring with sonny liston he's gonna shut him right up you know and, and, and sonny didn't shut him up right ali went on to become and became the greatest he became one of the greatest uh athletes of all time arguably the greatest athlete of all time and he told you he was going to be the greatest from the very beginning so uh, a lot of people waited for him to fail and they and they and they, they're still waiting right well the same thing is true with elon musk a lot of people have been waiting for musk to fail they've been waiting for tesla to plummet a lot of people have lost a ton of money shorting tesla stock and that's the danger of a short trade a short trade is dangerous because because you know your losses are are infinite if you don't do it properly and you're not really careful in terms of how you calibrate the trade this is why stock options can be so important because you can do a short trade but you can minimize your losses that's my point you know um with tesla tesla is a company you know it reminds me of uh when yoda was on star wars remember yoda from star wars yoda was talking to uh luke skywalker and Yoda and Skywalker said, you know, or no, it wasn't uh, Luke Skywalker. Sorry, scratch it. He was talking to Darth Vader. That's it. Darth Vader. But Darth Vader, remember Darth Vader who played was played by James Earl Jones? You know, Luke, I am your father, right? So Darth Vader was was he was young though. He was a kid. He was Anakin Skywalker. Any Anakin was like a little cute little kid. He wasn't Darth Vader yet. He wasn't the evil lord of the of the galaxy or anything like that. He's just a little kid. And I think he asked Yoda something like he said. What does my future look like? I, you know, I don't know what my future is going to be. 
And and Yoda said to him, your future is very cloudy, meaning that you could be anything. You could end up growing up to be the greatest hero of all, kind, all time if you choose to go to the left, or you can end up being the most evil person in, in, in history if you go right. Well, Tesla is a little bit like uh, like uh, Darth Vader as a baby, where Tesla's future, their vision is very cloudy. There's a lot of what we call in finance, we call this information dispersion. There's a lot of information dispersion, which is reflected through tons of trading volume and volatility that says that that it, when it comes to Tesla, everybody's right and everybody's wrong. Everybody's right. Everybody's wrong because nobody knows how this thing's going to work out. Nobody knows. I mean, Tesla, for all we know, could go on and become a $10 trillion company. Or Tesla could just flop and die and never become anything. And so the bulls and the bears are kind of both right. And they're they're kind of betting on a couple of things. They're betting on the direction of Tesla, but they're also betting on the timing of that direction, right? There's a difference between Tesla failing uh, next month versus Tesla failing five years from now. If you're, put, if you're taking on a short position like this guy, Michael Burry, and I really honestly think he was trying to be slick. I think he was marketing his short position to create uncertainty around Tesla stock that would allow him to make money, at least in the short term, from his short position. He didn't say how short he was. He didn't say how much money he's put on the line. He didn't say any of that. He just said, I, I shorted Tesla stock. Well, that's kind of a vague statement. I'd like to be, I'd be really curious to see exactly what your position looks like. But But he could be right. Tesla could be worth shorting. And if, if Tesla does flop or plummet or whatever, um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean he's, he's a genius. No, it could mean he got kind of lucky. Because let me tell you another thing, too. Um, in the short term, which side do I think Tesla's going, Yassine? Yassine asks this. Good question. Let me answer that right quick. Um, I think Tesla is going to have a dip after it gets added to the S&P 500. That's what the Boyce Watkins belief is. I believe that after Tesla gets added to the S&P 500, I think there's going to be a dip because a lot of artificial demand for Tesla stock is being driven by Tesla's inclusion in the S&P. I believe that after the party's over, uh, at, you know, at, you know, when you hit the hangover stage, um, you know, and, and you start coming down from the high of Tesla stock, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if in December, uh, I think December 21st, if I'm not mistaken, is the date they're going to add them to the S&P 500. So all the fund managers are scrambling to pick up shares of Tesla to add to their portfolios. I think that that, that you're going to see a run-up going up to that point, and then you're going to see a dip. But that's short-term. Uh, the long-term outlook on Tesla is actually quite good. Uh, the long-term outlook, so you're asking me, I'm not giving you a recommendation on buying or selling because I don't do investment advice. That's not something I'm here to do. I, 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 I will talk to you about what I'm seeing uh, and give you the tools to make your own decision. Uh, but I'm not gonna. You're not gonna catch me in that in that trap where I, where where suddenly the internet is like, well, Doctor Boyce told people to to sell Tesla, and now Tesla went up. No, no, no. You're not gonna catch me in that trap uh, because there's a lot of subtleties here. But here's what's interesting: Goldman Sachs actually upgraded Tesla to a buy from neutral. Uh, they see more than a thirty percent upside uh, up for a uh, hit for the shares. They think that there is an accelerating shift toward electric vehicle adoption. I'm reading specifically from CNBC. Uh, and so uh, so Goldman Sachs believes long-term Tesla's going to win. Now, the, the, now here's the thing. Uh, there, that doesn't mean that in the short term you can't see a dip. That doesn't mean that right now Tesla price-wise might be a little bit too big for its britches, right? It's like if you thought LeBron James was going to win the, 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 the Ohio State basketball championship in the sixth grade, then you were wrong. He couldn't win the championship in the sixth grade, but that doesn't mean he ain't going to win championships, 
right? Eventually, LeBron would be the best player in the world, but he just wasn't there in the sixth grade, and maybe they gave him a little too much credit. Who knows? So Tesla might be like LeBron James in the sixth grade. They, you know, we might think that they're really ready for primetime now, but maybe they're getting ready for primetime. Maybe they still have some mistakes to make. And and what I really admire most about uh, the Tesla founder, Elon Musk, is that this guy not only, I mean, right during the middle of the pandemic, not only did he make a hundred billion dollars from Tesla, a hundred billion with a B that's $300 million a day. In case you, in case, in case you want me to do the multiplication for you. Um, you know, he made this during the pandemic. And, uh, if you remember back in the beginning, uh, this is one thing I like about this guy, Elon Musk is that he actually was the first guy to come out and say that people are overreacting. Now I'm not telling you that that's what you should think, but I actually agreed with that. I said, yeah, people are panicking. And I don't think panicking is a good way to solve a problem. I think strategy is how you solve a problem. I think execution is how you solve a problem. I think defending and protecting yourself is how you solve a problem. So so one of the things that I admired about Musk, and I, and, and this was my philosophy during the pandemic, the same thing with my, my fiance, is we didn't stop living. We didn't come in the house and get under the bed and, and say, we're, I'm going to hide for six months. We said, okay, let's keep living our lives. Let's keep doing what we do. Let's just protect ourselves. Put on a mask, uh, wear some gloves, wash our hands, dis, don't, dis, uh, sanitize carefully, socially distance, and be safe, but keep it moving. And Elon, two guys that made a ton of money, uh, remember in this pandemic, you, you have to notice that there are players and there are people who got played. Uh, the players were people who continue to move, who benefited, who saw this as an opportunity. The players that actually benefited from the pandemic were Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Zoom, the company Zoom. My God. I mean, if anybody was positioned to take advantage of the pandemic, it was Zoom. Uh, and, you know, and, and Zoom is interesting because Zoom uh, stole market dominance from another company called GoToWebinar. We used to use GoToWebinar and it was this crappy, clunky overpriced, ridiculous, annoying software that used to have me banging my computer every time we used it to the point where I got so mad that I just stopped using it. And Zoom came along and Zoom was like a dream come true. They had all the functionality we wanted GoToWebinar to have. They listened to their customers in ways that GoToWebinar did not. And they turned GoToWebinar into an instant dinosaur. So when the pandemic began, Zoom was ready. Zoom was ready to take on the entire nation and the, literally their market value probably increased by tenfold or whatever uh, because of, of the pandemic. And so in a way, I would almost say that a couple of lessons you might get from this is one, no, even when things get hard, you got to keep moving. Uh, type keep moving in, in, in the chat if you get what I'm saying. You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. You got to keep making intelligent boss moves. You got to keep moving, right? Uh, the second thing is, uh, that I learned from Zoom in terms of lessons, because, you know, Uncle Boyce, Dr. Boyce is going to give you a lesson out of this. I'm not just going to talk about what's happening. I want you to walk away a better person because you've engaged with me on some level. Uh, you know, the other thing is, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Zoom stayed ready. So when the pandemic hit, they said, OK, we're ready. We got the infrastructure. Right. So don't just react. You must proact. Don't just act, react to things that have happened in the past. You must proact to things that will happen in the future. You see, the future is coming and the future must be now. You know, the reason they gentrify black neighborhoods now is not because they started planning for gentrification last week. They started planning for gentrification in 1978. They said, how is it by the year 2020, we can own 80 percent of all the real estate on the river in, the, in, in Baltimore? Right. Well, they started planning for these things. Right. So I want you to plan. I want you to get in the habit of planning. The people that plan tend to win. Uh, that's what we one of the principles, one of our guiding principles in the black business school about wealth is what I call OPP. OPP is opportunity, patience, and perspective. OPP basically means that those who uh, who see opportunity, 
who have patience to let those opportunities materialize and who have long-term perspective, meaning they're planning for the future. They're thinking about the future. They're proactive. People like that tend to build, build wealth. And, uh, and last night, this is a little bit off the Tesla conversation a little bit, but, but last night, some of y'all might've seen, I was on Fox soul last night and uh, we were having a conversation about the wealth gap. And, uh, and I, I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna have to just keep it, keep it 100 with you guys and, and just admit, I was a little bit frustrated because some of the guests, we're doing a lot of talking and, and, and some of them, I, I honestly, they were saying things that I vehemently disagreed with. And I listened to some of them talk and I literally couldn't, I, I, I had to keep from biting my finger off because I was going crazy listening to some, some of what I was hearing. But, but, you know, I, I think that one of the things that, that we can walk away with from a, from a discussion like that is that, you know, things like solving the wealth gap or whatever you want to focus on are, they're really not that hard to do. Um, there are very, very basic, simple things that you can do. The question is, the, the challenge is getting everybody to do them, right? So if you talk about, you know, what it means to um, to accelerate and to prepare for the future economically, just understand the average white family has a, has a wealth level of about 177000 This is not per person. This is per family. So that means if you have a family of four, 177000 divided by four is what, what's that, about four, 40, 45000 or something like that, right? I don't know, around, around that number, right? It's not that hard for an individual to have a net worth of $45,000. Uh, in fact, a person could do that easily within a 10 or 20 year period if they're determined. Just by simply, for example, investing the same amount of money that you spend on fast food, if you put that in the stock market and diversified it across companies like Tesla and Amazon and all that, you'd have way more than $45,000. Uh, and the other thing is you just got to avoid things like student loan debt, stuff like that. So these problems that we have are not unsolvable. They're not uh, insurmountable hurdles. They're not unbelievable, you know, in, in terms of the, the odds of, of achieving them. The hard part is the stubbornness of culture. The hard part is the incarceration of your habits. The hard part is is, is having cultural norms and habits that are anti-wealth. Like, for example, believing that getting a big ca- a big lump, lump of cash means that you must run to the car dealership as fast as you can. Uh, you know, bad habits like believing that somehow a, a $500 Gucci belt is really worth $500. It is believing that it's okay to pay rent to a landlord for 25 years when you could have bought a, bought a house. It's believing that the stock market is witchcraft and voodoo, and I don't want to participate because the whole economy is going to crash, right? Even though it ain't happened in the last 120, 130 years. Everybody's getting rich around you, and you're still sitting here waiting for the end of the world to come. Well, I'm sorry, chicken little. You're going to be sitting on the side of the road broke, right? It is, it is, it is a, having a culture that doesn't support entrepreneurship as much as you support the idea of people running off and getting jobs. So th- that's the hurdle of black wealth. The hurdle of black wealth is actually more intrinsic to the culture of black people in America than anything else. And I just want to encourage you guys, keep fighting that culture. You are in a war. You know, this is not just training. This is not just, you know, when I get up in the morning, I'm not waking up as a finance professor. I'm waking up as a soldier. You know, I'm waking up as the commander of an army. And I'm telling you guys to get get together, stand up straight, hold your chin up high, put on your uniform and go hard in the paint for everything that you believe in and stand up against the, the psychological tyranny that keeps us enslaved, that keeps us stuck, that keeps us sitting still, that keeps us going backward. So what? Well, so I'm telling you right now, you are in a war. You're not just in a war with the culture. You're also in a war with yourself because you are part of that culture. You are just like me. We internalize this. We internalize this backward thinking. We internalize all this, this, uh, this, this slave culture, this backward, ridiculous crabs in the barrel, you know, whatever kind of thinking. Right. So we so the first battle you must fight is a battle with yourself. 
and then you must fight that battle with the world. And then after you, fi- you finish fighting against yourself and fighting against the culture and fighting against your bad habits, then the, the easy battle is the battle against white supremacy. Because what happens is when you get to that last battle against white supremacy, because you fought the battle against yourself and you become your best self, you fought against your culture and you've created a, an extraordinary culture and you create determination in the community. Well, then at that point, the battle against white supremacy becomes easy. Because I'm telling you, when you look at the, the ultimate battle between black excellence and white supremacy, white supremacy will lose every time. Because white supremacy is designed to only be able to dominate black mediocrity. White supremacy cannot dominate black excellence. White supremacy dominates black mediocrity. And it, it dominates black blackward thinking. It dominates uh, it dominates uh, uh, destructive, self-destructive behavior. White supremacy is designed to keep people in a cage only if they make themselves easy to incarcerate. But remember, during slavery, do you remember that the Native Americans, they didn't enslave the Native Americans. Why didn't they enslave them? Why didn't they enslave the Native Americans? Well, because they refused to be enslaved. Because you, you can't control people who refuse to be controlled. You can't tell you can't brainwash somebody who knows who the hell they are. You can't. You can't. Seriously. You get two people, you know, when you think about pimping, right? Pimping one on one. The pimp does not look for uh for the woman who knows who she is, has her self-esteem fully intact, has plenty of education, has a lot of self-determination, and it, it is is going somewhere in life. No, he looks for he looks for the person with low self-esteem, who is struggling financially who uh, doesn't know who she is, who will fall for a good game, right? Do you follow what I'm saying? So what I'm saying to you, black people, is that you fight those internal battles, and then we can fight the external battles, and that's what's going to make us great. Now, I know we started off talking about Elon Musk and Tesla, and that's true. I mean, that you got that part, uh, but y'all know how I am. I, I Sometimes I break out into, I get the Holy Ghost, and it just happens, and I can't control it. I can't apologize for it, but that's that's who I am. I believe in this. I believe that black wealth is the one thing that will make the difference for us as a people. Black wealth is the one thing. And I want to say thank you to DDS for sharing this link. Uh, actually, if you want a free copy of my book, It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar, because as you, it, it, I hope you know by now that this is about much more than just uh, stocks and bonds and X's and O's for me. This is about elevating and winning. This is about our culture rising to the level that we deserve. So if you want a free e-copy of my book, and you can get on our email list and get free information from the Black Business School. Go to allblackeconomics.com. That's allblackeconomics.com. That's right there. Feel free to go there. Also, text the word BOYCE to 31996. Text BOYCE to 31996. I'll send you a text alert a couple times a week. Uh, you guys know on the Black Financial Channel, I go live several times a day, and I'm giving you consistent, regular updates on what's happening in the financial markets. And so if you want to know my final conclusion in terms of, of Tesla, uh, let's go back to Tesla for one more minute. Uh, with Tesla, um, I feel that Tesla is a very risky company. That's it. That that That's my final assessment. Um, I think Elon Musk is brilliant. I think that what he's doing could work. But the very nature of risk is the inherent unpredictability of it all, right? Risk, you know, the reason they call it risk is because you don't know what's going to happen. If you know what's going to happen, then it really ain't risk no more. Right. It's, it's just really it's the perception of uncertainty created by what we call information asymmetry. Right. If you have fake risk where you where somebody really knows what's going to happen, but some people don't know what's going to happen. They think there's risk. Well, then that's that what I, I that that's what they call information asymmetry, where basically the reason you think it's risky is because you don't really know what the facts are. So. So let me give an example. If I say to you, um, I'm holding up a number behind my my back. What number is that, right? And, and some of y'all guess three, some of you guess five, some of you guess, you know, seven, right? 
uh, you, you, somebody might assign probabilities to that. They might say, well, there's a there's a 10% chance Boyce could be holding a one. There's a 30% chance of chance that Boyce could be holding a four, right? There's there's a, a, a 9% chance that Boyce could be holding a, a, a nine, right? Whatever, right? Based on whatever information they have, that that's how they would assess probabilities. But here's the deal. Uh, uh, you know, statistical uh, statistical philosophers would say that's all a bunch of nonsense. That's all a bunch of BS, right? Because because Boyce is holding. Boyce knows what that number is. In Boyce's world, Boyce there is no probability in Boyce's world. There is no like risk. There is no like like pr- there is no like chance that he could be holding a nine if he's already holding up a three. Do you follow what I'm saying? This is a little bit. This is this is. Uh, I'm taking the elevator to the to the fourth floor on this. So so it might take a little bit for you guys to get what I'm saying. That that risk in, in that context isn't really risk because I know exactly what the number is. There's a hundred percent chance that right now behind my back I'm holding up a three. You might think there's a thirty percent chance, but there's a hundred percent chance that it's a three. You just don't have enough information. That's what they call the information asymmetry. Our information set is 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 asymmetric, meaning I know more than you. I have more information than you. So my probability, my perception of this risk is different from yours. What you think is a, a is risk, I know as, as a complete certainty. That's very different from Tesla, though. Tesla is a situation where two smart people can look at the same information and because of their own preconceived biases, will walk away with different expectations of what's going to happen with this company. Two very smart people who both have equal ability to analyze stocks, who are both experts in their field, could literally both walk away. One could say, oh, I'm bullish on Tesla. Tesla's going to knock the, the rails off the stock market. And the other person can say, oh, no, this company's a dud. It's going to die. Right. Do you follow what I'm saying? So what I'm saying to you is that it would be uh, unethical for me to give you with any sort of certainty exactly what I believe Tesla's you know, going gonna to do. I don't know. But I do know that there are factors that you may want to pay attention to, like the inclusion of Tesla into the S&P 500 could lead to a stock decline. I do believe I wouldn't be surprised if that does occur. Also, there are, are, is much reason to believe that Elon Musk is onto something when it comes to his technology. The software, the software business is, 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 is extraordinary in this area. Elon Musk is this guy who could literally do a Jeff Bezos on you. Uh, And what do I mean by that? Well, Jeff Bezos did something really amazing with Amazon Web Services. Jeff Bezos literally pulled a rabbit out of his hat where he literally said, oh, by the way, we've got this little side venture over here that nobody was paying attention to that that happened to make $10 billion this quarter or whatever the number was. And the whole market's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, right? We had no idea, right? Elon Musk is kind of the same way. Like, they're, you know, we're looking at the front door. We're like, okay, how many cars is he going to sell? You know, how many units did he sell? How much do the units sell for per car? What's the profit margin? And then Musk can literally step in and pull, you know, with his software business and say, oh, by the way, we're also industry leaders uh, in software that relates to electric uh, or autonomous vehicles, and we're selling that too, and we made another $10 billion over here, right? So that's the kind of thing that could jolt Tesla stock um, through, you know, through the roof. Um, I'm looking forward to that day as well. So I do have some holdings in Tesla, but best believe that with a company like Tesla, I get my insurance, I protect myself, okay? So anyway, guys, 
do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the notification bell on the Black Financial Channel, theblackfinancialchannel.com, because if you hit the notification bell, you'll be notified when we go live. You can also text the word voice to 31996. I'll notify you when we go live periodically. Uh, also, if you want to get financial workbooks or flashcards for your children, we have some custom-made workbooks and flashcards for, for black children on financialworkbooks.com. That's financial workbooks.com and also we have black millionaires with tomorrow.com that's our other program for kids uh that is actually a digital program it's a digital black business school for children and we created that because i wanted to take the concepts i was teaching 20 year olds at syracuse and and i said what if we taught this to seven year olds in our community again my goal is not to close the racial wealth gap my goal is to create a new racial wealth gap the new racial wealth gap will be one where by the year 2070 Black people will actually be ahead of the world when it comes to economic intelligence. Black people will actually be the smartest in the room, will be the best at asset acquisition. We will be the most determined when it comes to home ownership. We will be the most determined when it comes to stock ownership. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this because we can do anything, but we got to prepare for the future. So that program's designed to do that. That program, BlackMillionairesWithTomorrow.com, two things I'll say. One, uh, there's a 30-day 100% money-back guarantee if you're not happy for any reason. So you will be happy. If, you're, if you don't feel that your child has a financial literacy level that exceeds the average college-educated adult, if they go through the whole curriculum and do what we, we ask them to do, which isn't much, uh, if, they, if you don't feel that they have a financial literacy level that exceeds the average college-educated adult, then let us know. We will give you your money back. Number two, the first month, if you do the monthly option, the first month is just a dollar, one dollar. So that gives you a, a, you know, a dollar trial and you can try it out, see if you like it. And if you think we're full of it, then you can, you, you can walk away. We'll give you a refund. But I guarantee that you won't feel that way because we've helped tens of thousands of families with this program. So feel free to go take a look at blackmillionairesofmorrow.com. OK, guys, I'm out of here. Hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Happy investing. I hope you guys make a trillion dollars today and uh, you'll hear from me again real soon. I'll talk to you later. Bye bye.